0: Eternal day, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will. The sky looks dark With not a ray of light We're tossed and driven on No human help inside, But there is one in heaven Who knows our deepest care Let Jesus Just go to Him in prayer. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face. Sorrow will erase So bravely run the race Till we see
1: Christ
0: Life's day will soon be over. All storms forever past Will cross the great divide To glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven. A harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished. We'll lay our burdens down. It will be worth it all. Jesus life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ one glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase so bravely
2: you, but I felt something on that.
3: Yep.
2: Man, that's a blessed song. The words of that you know, that just makes you want to go right now. Like the preacher said, I, the little boy said, I didn't know he's was taking up a load to go right now. Well, I'm ready to go right now. Yep. Let's just take off. All right, let's, we're going to sing that last verse and chorus again. Amen. That's just a beautiful song. Think about what you're you're singing and sing out loud like you mean. I, I heard everybody singing that time. That's great. Amen. Thank you.
0: Life's day will soon be o'er, all storms forever past. We'll cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown, the temple will be banished we'll lay our burdens down sing it out it will be worth it all when we see Jesus life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ Dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Amen.
3: One you another. know, good before before he
2: before, he before he do, before we do that, you know, there there are no mistakes with with God and things are done for a purpose i was sitting over there you know when pam handed me the the list i was thinking about songs and this song came to my mind and it often does because i just love this song but most of the time i can't remember the name of it so i can't request it so i don't know what it is but this morning I mean just like that. And I, I'm not real familiar we hadn't sung this song until we came back to, to church here, so you know, I hadn't not that familiar with it. But that song just came to me immediately and Pam yeah. had some songs that I'm gonna scratch this song out and sing this song. And I believe there's a purpose for that. Yeah. I believe God wanted yeah. to encourage us this morning to know, man, we've got something to look forward yeah. to and all trials were gonna be passed and all these things that we that burden us so much here. There'll be nothing there. They won't be there. You know, so, you know, I just, I think that God just had that plan for us today. And I'm glad that we sang that song.
3: How many of you believe it will be worth it all when we see the Lord? Amen. I love that old uh, Happy Goodman song. It says, I don't regret a mile I've traveled for the Lord. Amen. Don't regret the times I've trusted in His Word. I've seen the years go by many days without a song, but I don't regret a mile that I've traveled for the Lord. Amen. It'll be worth it all. Just to see the Lord. Amen. And everything else, just be icing on the cake. Uh, that's right. Heaven. What a blessing. You know, if the Lord just uh, saved us and give us a good life here and uh, didn't let us go to hell, amen, it, that'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? That'd be enough. But then he, He's going to give us heaven, the joy of heaven, and we're going to spend eternity with Him while the ages roll. It is good to be here in the Lord's house On this last Sunday of the month of January Uh, Again, uh, time's going by so fast Uh, Amen Right, but uh, hey, at least it's a little warmer today than it was this time last week Praise God Uh, Somebody say amen right there Amen Amen. Mary, did you say it's cold? Lord have mercy I guess you could put her in the Sahara Desert and she'd say it's cold Hallelujah (laughs) But uh, Anyway, we do appreciate your presence, appreciate uh, just another privilege we have to gather in the Lord's house. and um, Amen. God's good, isn't he, church? Amen. amen. Appreciate uh, just uh, what well, we got so much to be thankful for. It's so good to see Denise uh, back with us. What a surprise. Didn't expect her to be here. I thought it took you South Green folk a little longer to recover from these things. Uh, y'all aren't as tough as us uh, city... Well, see, that makes it even worse. That's even more of a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's so good to see her back, and we've been praying for her, and can't keep a good woman down. Hallelujah. So we appreciate her, and I uh, heard wonderful things about the uh, baby shower yesterday. And uh, amen. Sorry I didn't show. That's just not my thing, okay? So, uh, but uh, well, I don't think William even came, brother. I wouldn't either, hallelujah, but uh, amen, appreciate everybody that took part and all the work that was done uh, to make sure that uh, William and Beth know that we love them, we appreciate them, and we're here to support them through what's going to be a very challenging uh, time, amen. Uh, Praise God. William needs our prayers. I don't know about Beth, but William sure does, so amen, praise the Lord. Appreciate the decorations, amen, church looks so good today. And I know uh, uh, we uh, Pam got the piano tuned. piano sounds better this morning. Now, uh, some of y'all who aren't as musically inclined may not be able to tell us much. But for me and Pam, it's like scratching a chalkboard, isn't it? Amen. So we're glad to have that. But uh, amen. Most of all, I'm thankful to be in the house of God today. Amen. Uh, amen. And uh, I think it, it's, it should be natural for a Christian to want to come to church. I uh, saw a Facebook post uh, I guess it was yesterday Said uh, it's natural for a drunk To want to go to the bar Well it's natural It's just as natural for a Christian To want to go to church amen. I think that's a good analogy Don't you? Yes. Amen I'll just leave that there But uh, amen I'm glad we're here today And I just pray the Lord Just gives us what we need uh, How many of you need something today? I'll tell you I do I need I need a blessing I need 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 encouragement, need strength, Uh, but most of all, uh, we need to give the Lord our praise. So many times we come expecting to receive something from Him, but our first uh, obligation is to give Him what He deserves, and that is the offerings of our praise, amen. So I want to do that today, and uh, trust that we'll be quick to praise His name uh, this morning. Uh, Any announcements today that need to be mentioned? Okay. Even appreciate this ministry, of, amen, uh, those that are uh, less fortunate and uh, doesn't apply as much this week, but boy, I tell you, last week, I wouldn't have uh, wanted to be without a place to sleep, would you? Uh, amen. So pray for these ministries that are proactive in our community, trying to help those. Uh, you'd be amazed at just, not just homelessness, how much poverty there is and children, who um, lack food and clothes, and uh, they're suffering. And I hate to say it a lot of times because of the sins of their parents. So we just need to pray for uh, all those that are in need. Uh, any other announcements today before we go any further in this service? I thank everybody for all the years, Amen. I Amen. Amen. Appreciate the Travis family. All right, by way of prayer request today, we do need to continue to remember Miss Denise. I guess she still needs our prayers, right? Amen. remember uh, her. Remember her grandmother, uh, Miss Fanny Swatzel, pray for her. Uh, remember LV. LV uh, uh, fell again and uh, bless his heart, He uh, uh, was supposed to go t- with us to sing in this past Thursday night, uh, but he wasn't able to go. Uh, He fell and hurt his knee, so uh, just pray for him. Uh, He does need our prayers. I tell you, I I think so highly of him, the fact that he's got every excuse in the world to quit, but he doesn't. He just keeps on going, but we do need to remember LV in prayers. Uh, I'm sure some of you have requests that need to be mentioned this morning. All right, remember uh, Uncle Kenny in prayer today as he's sick. Also, Pam and Kenny's former uh, boss at Dollywood, husband, who's had a stroke. Remember these needs. Other requests today? I just to praise report. Yes, ma'am. Uh, for those who remember my
4: sister in law, Sherry. hmm. Um,
5: And she's up now. She's walking with the walker. Wonderful. She's lost a lot of weight, but thank you so much for everyone who prayed for her. It's wonderful. I know she's got those prayers. I know God is touching her and continues to work with her. And uh, she just looks wonderful. From what she's she's been through and being up on that walker, she's truly a walking miracle because that they did not
3: amen the Lord what he's done for her and Amen. She's amen. Amen. That's wonderful, elma Uh continue to remember Sherry in prayer, but um uh well, I believe God answers prayer, don't you? Uh and I believe the Lord's a great physician. And he is able to heal us according to his will. So praise God for that. Continue to remember her in prayer. Somebody else today. Please remember my sister. Uh, she got diagnosed this week with breast cancer. Gosh. Remember her. Well, I hate to hear that. Remember Elma Jean, Ellen's sister in prayer. Uh, such a sweet lady. But God's faithful. Amen. Remember this. Somebody else today. Say that one more time. Barbara, Barbara Ivy. Other needs. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: yes. no, All
3: right. My sister Holly. Amen. I've got. Uh, A wife and a sister named Holly. So I've heard that name more than I would like to over the course of my life. And then my sister Erica, as they've got sickness in their family also. Somebody else today? Prayer request. I desire your prayers today as I preach. Continue to remember our church. Other churches of like faith continue to pray for our nation. Uh, pray for um, Israel and uh, uh, Ukraine. Pray for Taiwan. We could just go on and on. The Houthis. See, I got it right that time. Hallelujah. In that situation. Uh, pray for the border crisis. Uh, I'm, don't underestimate the seriousness of that. That's a very, very seriousness situation, but um, I am thankful for those who are willing to take a stand, amen, so remember them in prayer. Our country's divided, church, and you know what causes division, don't you, sin, sin is, is the great divider, so, amen, any other prayer needs today? Unspoken request by the uplifted hand? Lost loved ones, we need to remember. Amen. Remember our missionaries on the field. Amen. All right, we'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Dad, lead us in prayer, sir. Thank you, God, for this another Lord's Day that we can gather, Lord, in your house and in your name and in your presence, Lord, with your people, Father and Lord, uh, Lord. I just thank you, Father, Lord, that uh, Lord that in times like these we have a Savior, we have a Bible, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that we have a church family. we uh, just have a body of believers. God, we have so much to be thankful for. God, you have been good to us. Lord, we're living in difficult days and hard times, but God, we know you are faithful. Lord, I uh, know, Lord, I'm thankful the scripture tells us, faithful is he that promised who will also do it, God. Lord, you'll do what you said you'll do. Father, uh, Father, if your word says it, that settles it, God. So help us, Father, Lord, just to uh, to depend upon you, to trust in you, greatest thy faithfulness. Lord, I pray, God, for this service. I pray, God, for the beginning and the end, that it might be what you would have to be. I pray, God, for the music, the testimonies, the offerings, the prayers, the preaching of thy word as it goes forth, that it might bring glory to thy name, God. Use me, dear God. Uh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord help me, Lord, just to be a conduit, and mouthpiece, God. Uh, Lord, today as I deliver, God, that which You already said, God, nothing new under the sun, Father. Uh, God, I just pray, God, that uh, Your Word would take root, penetrate our hearts. God, help us, Lord, to, to uh, Lord to see the, the the seriousness and the urgency, the hours that we're living in. Uh, Lord, just um, we don't have time to waste, God. Uh, Father, Lord. Uh, Lord, souls are perishing and hell's enlarging itself by the day, Father, Lord. Lord, moving each and every heart, touching every life, God. If those who are away from you, drawn to yourself, God. If there might be one amongst us that's lost, save them uh, by your amazing grace. Bless these prayer requests. Uh, God, I pray, Father, Lord, that you would just bless, uh, Lord. Uh, Uh, Lord, every request that's been offered up, I pray for L.V., I pray for Denise, I pray for Fanny. Lord, bless her. Uh, God, I pray for Maya, Lord, bless her, God. Uh, Lord, I pray, Father, for Beth, Lord, bless uh, that situation. Uh, God, I pray, Father, that you bless uh, 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 Lord Uncle Kenny, Lord, and the one that... uh, Lord, that was mentioned there, the the former boss. God, bless that need. I pray, God, for Elma Jean. God, I pray that you touch her body, Father. Help her, Jesus, is our prayer, God. We could go on and on. Bless our nation. Bless our leaders. Uh, God, I pray that you bless all of these crises, Father. God, Lord, uh, very, very troubling days, Lord, uh, that we're living in. Lord, it should be. Father reminder to we as the people of God, knowing, Father, Lord, just how soon uh, the imminent return of our Lord and Savior really is, God, moving our midst, working our hearts, and we commit it all to thee, Father, and God will be quick to give you the honor, the praise, uh, and the glory for everything said and done here today, God, we ask. All right, we'll receive our Sunday morning offer at this time Miss Leah, are you going to come do your thing? Alright, there she comes
2: you'll help us to use it with the to, to to bring glory and honor.
3: singer today. Let me turn it on for you. Check, check. check. What, you say? Sing what do you want to sing? Jesus loves me. What what was she saying? Jesus loves me. Joy joy. Joy, joy? <laughs> No. Say I got this joy. <laughs> no. What do you want to say? Wanna sing? All right. Joy, joy, joy. You sing for me? All right. Well we tried. <laughs> you sure you don't wanna sing? No? Okay. All right, anybody else have a song or a testimony for us this morning? Has God been good to you? I want to remind you we're here first and foremost to praise Him for who He's done and what He's, for who He is and what He's done for us. Has God done anything for you today? Amen. Amen. That's right. You know what God does for you is based upon who he is. Amen. That's right. I'm glad he's good. Aren't you? We'd be in a mess if he wasn't. That's for sure. God been good to anybody today?
2: Like that hope. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Hall in the girls, come sing one today before I preach.
4: I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see. Standing in the sun
3: what we'll do when we get to heaven but I do believe we're going to worship the Lord don't you more than anything else and I believe we're going to sing a song that angels cannot sing Uh, worthy is the lamb that is slain for us amen I'm going to be in that number Uh, amen they'll never crown Jesus till I get there hallelujah Aren't you thankful that that's one ceremony you're not going to miss out on if you're saved? If you know the Lord, you got a ticket. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope I, I hope I get a front row seat when the Lord kicks the devil into the lake of fire once and for all. Amen. I want a ringside seat. Amen. Hallelujah. That old scoundrel, he's caused me more trouble. Of course, I tell you, my old flesh has caused me more trouble, I think, than the devil has. But uh, I don't like the devil, amen? Amen. Praise God. He's not my friend. He's my enemy. All right, turn to Isaiah 30 today. Isaiah 30. Caroline, turn me up just a little bit, please. Isaiah chapter number 30. Blue, I'm sorry. This could be dangerous. right Isaiah chapter number 30 and I'm I'm using the text or at least part of the text that um, uh, oh goodness what was Hannah Cole oh, goodness gracious that Cole used uh, Sunday night when he preached for us of course he went at it a little differently than what I'm going to today but i just have not been able to get this off my mind and these verses, um, I just love the Word of God, don't you? I mean, the Bible is just the most profound book that has ever been written. Of course, that shouldn't surprise it. Surprise us because man didn't write it. It is a God-authored book. It's inspired of the Holy Spirit of God. Holy men of, of old uh, uh, wrote it as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's God-breathed, Amen. I believe in plenary verbal inspiration. I believe that the very words are inspired. I don't believe in thought inspiration. You know, I don't believe that the Bible contains the Word of God. I believe it is the Word of God from cover to cover. I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, a fellow hadn't been saved too long. He's kind of a new newborn Christian. He's been saved a couple of years, but he's telling me, he said, You know, he said, I've heard you preach and and heard this one preached and heard that one preached and, you know, there's preaching out of the right Bible. He said, I went to this church the other day and what they was reading from didn't say what my Bible says. I said, well, you better be careful about that. Amen? Because the devil's got a counterfeit for everything God does. And just because uh, uh, it says Bible on it does not mean it's the Word of God. Amen? you got to use discernment. Uh, Boy, I tell you, the the devil's more deceitful in our day than he ever has. See, what we want to do, we want to dumb it down. and We want to make it say what we want it to say. And we want to let atheists and and infidels and miracle deniers and all these other hoodlums uh, try to tell us what the Bible means. I don't need you to help me. Uh, Figure out what it means I got the Holy Ghost to do that You just tell me what it says And me and the Holy Spirit of God will do the rest Amen Give me the word of God A lot of these uh, perversions today Are nothing more than a paraphrase or a commentary Amen I don't need your help Interpreting the scriptures Amen I won't charge anything for that Alright Let's read verse number 7 of our text. I do need your prayers today. Verse number 7, the Bible says, For the Egyptians shall help in vain, and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. Now go write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever that this is a rebellious people. Uh, how many of you believe uh, there's a spirit of rebellion today alive in the world? Lying children, children that will not hear the, the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, See not, and to the prophets, Prophesy not, unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despised His word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon, therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant." And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the, the bursting of it assured to take fire from the hearth, or to take water withal out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and you would not. But you said, No, for we will flee upon horses, therefore shall ye flee, and we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. With the Lord's help today, I want to preach on this thought, a breach in the wall, a breach in the wall. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to uh, gather ourselves together in your house, Lord, the fellowship of the believers, Lord, uh, the prayers of the saints, uh, Lord, singing the songs of Zion, but Lord, most of all, God, to hear the perfect Word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for Your Word. I'm thankful that Your Word shall forever stand. Forever, Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Lord, it is the in- incorruptible seed of the Word of God that li- that, a live- that liveth and abideth forever. That's what we're born by. And God, today I pray that You would use Your Word to speak to our hearts. Lord, my heart is troubled today. Uh, Lord, as I see, Lord, the, um, uh, Lord just the, uh, the similarity between the writing of Jeremiah and Isaiah, the prophets who prophesied to Judah right before her doom and despair, to that which is occurring right now in our day here in America. And Father, one thing we can say about history is we don't learn from history. And God, if we want to know our fate as a nation, Lord, all we have to do is look back into the annals of history and know that we're no different than anybody else. Lord, and because we've chosen to take the same path as others, and Lord, it's not the straight and narrow way, it's the broad way. And it will end in destruction unless we repent. So Lord, speak to our hearts today, move in our midst. Lord, enlighten us, God. Illuminate our minds, enlighten our eyes. Uh, God, soften our hearts, God. Uh, God, uh, Lord, it sure would be better for us to repent before judgment falls than after. God, I love you, and Lord, I pray you'd use me to be nothing more than a mouthpiece. Uh, Lord, an instrument, God. Uh, Father, I have no no new word, Father, but uh, Lord, I I just want to proclaim what's already been said. So, uh, God, forgive us for our sins, cleanse us from our iniquities. Our unrighteousnesses, Father, Lord, we're unworthy. Uh, We don't deserve to preach, but Lord, we're thankful that you would use us uh, and help us to be a vessel, meet for the Master's use. Honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant. Lord, draw us all close to thee today. If there might be one watching or listening who is lost, Father, help them to be saved before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the book of Isaiah is, we might refer to it as a sister book to the book of Jeremiah. They were somewhat contemporaries. Not sure that they lived uh, at the same specific time. Isaiah, his life was primarily during the reign of Hezekiah, whereas Jeremiah uh, lived and preached and prophesied roughly a hundred years later. But yet, generally speaking, they lived during the same period of time. Isaiah witnessed the fall of Samaria, the uh, Assyrian captivity, uh, the northern kingdom, the downfall. He also witnessed uh, the time when the Assyrians invaded Judah. And uh, we know that history tells us that occurred around 701 B.C. The Assyrians invaded Judah besieged the city of Jerusalem. Of course, this is after Israel, the northern kingdom, had been invaded and conquered by the Assyrian armies in 720 B.C. But you remember the story of how that Hezekiah in 701 B.C. interceded for the people. And he called for the man of God, Isaiah. He, he took the letter, the, thre- the, 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 the threatening letter that uh, the Assyrian king sent uh, and he laid it out before the Lord and he prayed and God heard his prayer and he wrought a, a great victory and delivered Judah out from under the hands of the Assyrians uh, because there was a king who still trusted the Lord, his God. Of course, Hezekiah is known for instituting great revival, bringing great revival into the land of Judah and causing the Lord's hand of judgment to, to uh, stay for a short time. Of course, Hezekiah's son Manasseh pretty much undid everything that his father had, had, had done by way of revival. And Manasseh is known as being the most wicked king who reigned in over probably Judah or Israel, maybe even worse than Ahab and Jezebel. And Manasseh's reign, his wickedness, uh, especially you know, the offering up of the children in the valley of Hinnom, that pretty much sealed the fate of the nation. And from that point in time, judgment was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. Josiah, uh, the grandson of Hezekiah, tried to, fo- thank God he followed his grandfather rather than his father. <laughs> and uh, But all he succeeded in doing was instituting religious reform rather than uh, true revival. And then Jeremiah came. Came on the scene, and for those of you of you who have been in our study of the Book of Jeremiah, you know uh, that he spent his entire life in ministry trying to warn God's people of what was getting ready to happen. In no more than a hundred years, again, um, uh, Israel fell in seven twenty BC, and then in six oh seven BC, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the city of Jerusalem as is recorded for us in the book of Jeremiah. So a very uh, short period of time between the destruction of the northern kingdom and the destruction of the southern kingdom. You would think that Judah would have used the example of what happened to their brethren in the north um, as a warning. They would have heeded the warning. But yet I'm convinced they couldn't because God blinded their eyes. And uh, we'll read some scriptures about that. But let's look at this scripture today regarding the breach in the wall. And uh, just I can't think of a more powerful warning that is found in the entirety of scriptures. Of course, uh, the interpretation is to the kingdom of Judah, but I believe we can make an application to the day you and I are living in as well. First of all, an imitation, verse number 7, For the Egyptians shall help... In vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this, their strength is to sit still. So the, the, the truth of the matter is Israel was in trouble. The kingdom was in danger because of the, the sin that had crept into both the, the northern and the southern kingdoms. They were far removed from the, from the glory days of the, of the kingdoms of David and even Solomon. Uh, But again, because of the dividing of the nations, uh, a subsequent weakening occurred as a result of it, and now they were in danger of being overthrown by their enemies. Brother, I just want to remind you, when when any nation abandons the Lord, uh, they're not going to get stronger, they're going to get weaker. And that's what happened to Judah, and that's what's happening in our day as well. But the problem is, how are we going to fix it? What's the answer? What's the solution? You know, friends, if, if, if you were to ask uh, the majority of Americans, most people would say that, that we need to be fixed. We got problems in America. Amen? In fact, I'd, I, I would go so far as to say that a lot of lost people realize that more than saved people do. Uh, amen? It, it seems sometimes that, that, that Christians in our day are living as if everything's okay. You know, we're just doing fine, brother. We're not fine. We got a mess amen. on our hands, and it's not a political mess. It's not an economic mess. It's a spiritual mess, amen. And so, so what's the fix? What's the answer? What's the solution? Uh, it's not Egypt, amen. Uh, it's not uh, a new relief program. It's not, uh, uh, amen, uh, a new bill amen it's not a uh, it's not a political party both of them's corrupt as the day is long amen if you're trusting in uh, amen the uh, if you're trusting in Congress to fix America brother uh, you're fooled. Uh, Congress ain't going to fix the mess in fact they're the the great reason why we're in the mess that we're in they're in it for themselves, amen. And can I just say to you, a new president's not going to fix it either? And it just amazes me how that in our day we're making gods, little G gods, out of uh, political figures. Who doesn't who who I don't care who it is, they don't care about you. They care about themselves. And uh in the day uh when 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 In the day of deliverance, you know what's going to happen? Their strength is to sit still. Amen? That's what Jeremiah was saying about Egypt. Or Isaiah, excuse me, was saying about Egypt. You're dependent upon the world to come to your aid and your rescue. All they care about is to get out of you as much as they can. And then they're going to leave you hanging. They're going to leave you empty-handed And they're going to leave you high and dry. The Lord is the only source of our strength. He's the only one that we can depend upon to do for us what we need to be done. Amen. So it's an imitation. Brother, we're we're trusting in things that cannot uh, solve our problems. Amen. Education can't solve our problems. Uh, Once again, education's caused a lot of our problems. And and today it's not education, it's indoctrination. Right? And, uh, brother, I'm telling you, you you know, uh, I don't know what it is. And you could expect it from the world's crowd, but for the life of me, I cannot understand why God's people are so quick to turn to the world for help rather than to the Lord their God. Amen. The world is not your friend, they're your enemy. And they're not, they're not going to help you during your time of need. They're going to turn their back on you and walk away. That's right. So there's an imitation. But now let's consider a revelation. Verse number eight. Now go write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So what God is commanding Isaiah to Uh, to share with the people the message. And again, this is not his opinion. This is not his philosophies or his ideologies. This is the infallible, inspired, and errant words of God. In other words, it's not a matter of uh, if it's going to happen, but when it's going to happen. And uh, Isaiah said, I've got a word for you, and this is what's going to take place. He said, write it down in a table and in a book. Aren't you that, thankful that God's wrote His truth in a book for us? Aren't you thankful that we have uh, a, a divine revelation? God has not left us in the dark. We don't have to wonder what... Uh, what. Li- listen, there's no... Is there no bomb in Gilead? Right? You know, why is the health of, of the daughter of my people not recovered? You know... We're without excuse as to why we're in the condition that we're in. We have, we, we, we have no one to blame but ourselves for the reason that, that our nation's in the shape that it's in. The reason that our communities are the way they are. The, the, the reason that our churches are in the mess, amen, that bring reproach and shame unto the Lord our God the way they do. Our families, amen, falling apart, young people, have no hope, Amen. You know the way young people view the things of God—fake, phony. Amen. They they see through the show, brother, and they're looking for something real. Amen. We can't blame, uh, we can't blame a political party. You know, we can't say, "Well, it's just the day we're living in. It's just too hard, brother." We got the Word of God. God has given us specific detailed instructions not only uh, on uh, on what's wrong with us amen he's given us a diagnosis but he's also given us a remedy and a cure so we're without excuse and brother the problem's sin the problem today is the pro- is, is, is what it always has been the problem is sin and you can diagnose it you can uh, you can put a fancy uh label on it and spin it and twist it and make it more uh socially acceptable and and call it what you want to but the problem in our day is sin wherefore is by one man sin in the world and death by sin and so death hath passed upon all men for that all have sin for the wages of sin is death but brother you even say that word today and i'm not talking about in the world you say that word in the church and they'll kick you out I mean, we want a salvation that doesn't deal with sin. Amen? <laughs> we we want to we cure cancer without dealing with the root of it. Amen? Uh, but God has given us a revelation. You know, I read one commentary, and I, I don't know where he got it, but he said, you know, his view is it that God basically wanted Isaiah to write, down a, uh, write, write this down on a placard. And carried around the city for everybody to see. I don't know, but uh, I mean, the Lord was having him write it down because He wanted His people to hear uh, and to know this message, so that they would be with they would be held accountable and they would be without excuse. Brother, we're out, we're without excuse today because of what we know. I, I'm without excuse this morning because of the truth. That's been revealed unto me. Did you know more light has been shi- shown in America than in any other country that has ever existed? Can you look at any? Can you look back in the annals of history at any other nation to where the gospel and the word of God and the light of the gospel has been more uh, has been more freely shared and it's been made available? You know, there are nations in this world where people are in the dark. It's illegal to own a Bible. There's people all across the face of this world that have never read John 3.16. But you know what? You and I have heard it so many times that it's just become cliché to us. Uh, We've allowed it to become normal. Normal. We've allowed it to become just the usual. Uh, and because we've heard it so much and so many times, the, the impact has lost its effectiveness upon us. Brother, when the Word of God has none, of a, none effect in your life, you're in a mess. But that's where we're at today. We can hear the preacher preach. Amen. We can read it. We can study it. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Well, I'm not talking about a letter I wrote or a letter that William wrote. I'm not talking about reading a newspaper. I'm talking about the Word of God. Amen. The perfect words of the most powerful being in the universe have just become normal to us. It is sad, isn't it? But God has provided us with a revelation. Amen. And because of that, and you know, You say, why does God tarry as long as He does? And why does God withhold judgment? And we saw this in Jeremiah. You know, again, we think we're going to get away with it just because the hammer hadn't fallen yet. Well, sometimes God stays His hand. God's more patient than we are. Sometimes He just waits and lingers and lingers so that we, listen, God doesn't have to judge us. We judge ourselves. A lot of times, God don't have to do anything. He just stands back and says, they're going to fall into their own trap. And when it's all said and done, none of us will be able to point our finger at anybody else except ourselves. Right? But we still ought to be thankful for the revelation. You know, the revelation of God, uh, that is a demonstration of mercy. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to tell you the truth? He didn't have to do it. But He's given it to you because He wants you to obey it, follow it, uh, and allow uh, allow, allow its effects to impact your life. Well, there's a disposition. And here's what the Lord had to say about them. As it relates to the truth that they had received. Verse number nine, this is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the lord he said again this is a rebellious people lying children children that will not hear the law of the lord but you know the greatest litmus test for your spiritual condition is how you respond and react to the word of god now i'm just here to tell you the word of god is not always pleasant now i know the psalmist called it sweet and uh, amen and and, and sweet as sugar like honey and the honey and it is it can be but brother sometimes it tastes like vinegar <laughs> I mean I don't always like what I read in the scriptures see the truth of the matter though is it doesn't matter whether or not I like it the fact of the matter is it is my authority and I am accountable to what the Bible has to say just why people hate the Bible so much do you know why this? That's that's why the leaders of this nation hate the Bible as much as they do. Uh, I don't know. When you hear so many conspiracy theories, and and you got to be careful on what you believe. And boy, you get yourself uh, all worked up over something that's just somebody's making money off of to work you up, Amen. But yet, I mean, you, you hear things like that. They're actually. Uh, taking record of the purchase of bibles here in america who's who's buying because they consider the purchasers of scripture as being radicals why is that they hate us but they don't hate us they hate the word of god because they don't want any kind of authority in and over their lives well, it doesn't matter what you want. The Bible's, You're going to have to answer to what the Bible says. Did you know that when we stand before God on judgment day, we will be judged according to the words of the book? God says they're rebellious children that will not hear the law of the Lord. I, I don't ever want to get to the... Listen, there's a lot of times... Uh, there's a lot of times I've sat in a pew and heard a preacher preach. There's a lot of times I've sat in a study and studied the Word of God and after reading it, i got to say I'm guilty. I don't always do what the Bible says. And don't let that little halo ding go over your head because you don't either. But let me tell you something, I believe what it says. And God forbid that I would ever get to the place to where I'd say, well, I know what it says. But my way is better than, than his way. Because that ain't the case, brother. Amen. Uh, I, I, I need to hear the Word of God. I need to know the Word of God. And he said, we don't want to hear it. Well, that just tells you exactly where you're at spiritually. I don't care how loud you shout saying, If you do not have an appetite for truth in your life, then something's wrong. Go back to the analogy of the drunkard going to the bar. Brother, if he's if he's addicted to alcohol, he's going to find him something to drink. If you're addicted to Jesus, if you love the Word of God, you're going to find you a place to go hear it. It amazes me how so-called Christians rather go watch a ball game than they would hear a preacher preach. There's a problem there. As newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of God's Word that we may grow thereby. You don't have to teach a baby to want milk, brother. It's natural. Mm. Mmm. Rebellion. Verse 23. Excuse me, not verse 23. I'm all out of whack. Make sure I... Well, I mean, that's what they're rebelling. Rebelling is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. They were rebellious. They were self-deceived. Amen. They were willfully ignorant and they stubbornly refused to the Word of God. Notice it says that they're lying children. Who were they lying to? They were lying to themselves. we got a lot of self-deceived people in our day. Amen. We, want to, we live in a day where we just want to come up with our own ideas. We want to create truth, brother. You do not have the ability to create truth. You're not a creator. That's man's problem. Amen. He he's trying to elevate himself over and above the position of God. That's where a lot of this artificial intelligence comes in. Man wants to. Man is not satisfied with God's creation. Amen. And he thinks he can uh, do something better than what God has already produced. Rebellious, self-deceived, willfully ignorant, and they stubbornly refuse to hear the word of God. Now there's a rejection which say to the seer, seer, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Do you get that? They didn't want to hear the truth. We do not want you to tell us the truth. Brother, if you ever get to that place, you are in a mess. You don't have a desire to hear the truth. What do you have if you don't have truth? You have nothing. They abandoned the truth. They hated the truth. And they simply didn't want to hear or know the truth. Why? Because they didn't want to be accountable to it. Well, I'm thankful for the truth. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Amen. Brother, the truth will do more for you than anything else in this world. Amen. And there is such a thing. See, that's where we're at, man. It is, ama- it is amazing at just how desperate humanity has become, amen, to abandon the truth, to destroy the truth, to distort the truth, and now to the, to the point where they deny the reality of it. There is no such thing as truth. Truth is, amen, a man does that which is right in his own eyes. Your truth, I've heard so-called Christian people say this. Well, that's your truth. Brother, you've been duped by modern philosophy. There's no such thing as my truth and your truth. It's the truth. Now, I don't mean I've got it or I know it all, but that doesn't change the reality of it. Amen. There is such thing as absolute truth. So, preacher, how do you know that? Well, this pew, there is a pew sitting here. That's not subject to your opinion. It's objective reality. Amen. Amen. I I, I look at my dad, that's a man. I don't care what he says, I don't care what he wants. cannot change the, the fact that he was created. Uh, in, uh, in the image of God by God according to God's uh, creative, intelligent, purposeful design to be a man. You don't have the right to alter that. The, amen. And there is a distinction between man and woman. You can't deny that. See, what we want to do is we want to be the Creator rather than be satisfied with being the be. be being the submissive creature, right? Didn't want to hear the truth. Didn't want to know the truth. John three nineteen through twenty one, and this is the condemnation that light is come to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. Amen? Truth loves light. Uh, amen. Saved people love light. Lost people love darkness. You know, I think about Romans, and you, you think about the Romans chapter number one is just, uh, I, I mean, one of, the most, one of the heaviest chapters in all the Scriptures, the degradation of a society. Uh, God gave them up to uncleanness God gave them up to vile affection God gave them up to a reprobate mind but it got to the place the very last verse of Romans chapter 1 telling you how bad things can get is who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them In other words, they know right and wrong. They know the consequences of it, but they're still going to do it and they're going to enjoy it and get pleasure out of it. Is that not the day we're living in? An inclination, verse number 10, speaking to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Tell us a lie. And again, we live in a day where people have more of an appetite for a lie than they do the truth. The truth's boring to them. Amen. They they don't they're not you know, not satisfied with the principles and the precepts of the scriptures. But you got to come up with some, um, amen. Some some fascinating uh, fiction or fairy tale, uh, some dramatization, uh, some new doctrine, such as deliverance. Amen. That is a perversion and a mutation of the Scriptures. Speaking of smooth things, prophesied deceits. Uh, do you know what would happen in most churches here in America for me or anybody else to preach the message and the text that I am today? You'd be fired to run out of the church. We don't want to hear it. Tell us smooth things. prophesy deceits unto us. That's how we know we're living the last days. 2 Timothy 4, preach the word be instant in season, out of season. By the way, my responsibility has nothing to do with how people respond to it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. That, that, that doesn't go along with Warrenism or Osteenism, does it? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Brother, it's come. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers Having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Notice they're the ones that turn from the truth, but God's the one that turns them to fables. Brother, when you reject truth, there's a consequence for it. A petition, verse number 11. Here's the consequence get you out of the way, turn aside, verse 11 out of the path, calls the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. My, you know what they're doing? They're telling God to get lost. Get out of our way, God. We don't need You, God. We're going to get to the point to where we uh, change our history. We don't want... Any connection whatsoever between our nation and the God of our forefathers? I saw the other day where somewhere up north they removed a statue of Thomas Jefferson. Ought to be treason. The removal of God from every aspect of society. Do you know God is the glue that keeps it all together? What happens when you take God out of the school system? <laughs> amen? What happens when you take God out of the court system? What, take, what ha- You know what's happened today? A lot, of, a lot of times we're kicking God out of church. What's being done in the name of religion, amen, is being done absent from God. We don't want you, God. We don't need you, God. God says, help yourself. You know, it's. You know what's even worse than abandoning God? For God to abandon you. You know, a lot of times here in society, we're blaming God. Why would God let this happen? Why would God let that happen? God's saying, you're just getting what you asked for. And man, there's all kinds of scriptures, and we don't like to view God in this light. Amen. We like to smooth. The honey bear, amen. Our buddy and our pal. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord shall not always strive with men. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, what call on him while he is near. You know what Hosea says? Hosea 4, 17. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Well, we don't want God to leave us alone. And I'm not talking about losing your salvation, brother. I'm just talking about a culture or society who says, get out of our way, God. We don't need you. You don't want God to leave you alone, brother. John 12, 35. Then Jesus said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness, knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of the light. These things say, spake Jesus, and He departed, and He hid Himself from them. Huh. But though He had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on Him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which He spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. Because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. Well, God wants you to be saved. But if you reject Him, He'll reject you. If you abandon Him, He'll abandon you. If you forsake Him, He'll forsake you. Isaiah 29, this is another... Passage right before the one we're studying here in chapter 30, uh, that was mentioned, that Cole mentioned to us Sunday night, verse number 10 For the Lord hath poured out upon you the Spirit. Did you notice? Nobody did it, but God did it. He said, The Lord hath poured out upon you the Spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered, and the vision of all is becoming to you as the words of a book that is sealed which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I am not learned. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear towards me is taught by the precepts of men." Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. What if God confounds us the way He confounded the Babylonians? We depend upon technology. We we, we, we depend upon uh, our... uh, uh, amen, our advancements. And brother, it is amazing to see just how far our society and culture has advanced. But you know who, who allowed us to do it? God did. And brother, all He has to do is flip the switch and we'll be in the dark. And it could get to the point, Proverbs 1, where He'll sit back and laugh at us. Boy, that'll make, that'll make the, the, the feel-good crowd... I've seen him get mad. Oh, he'd never do that. Brother, you better know the God of the Bible and not the God of pop culture. Reaction. Verse number 12. Verse wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise his word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Despise the Word of God. In other words, the specific judgment that was coming upon Judah was speci- was specifically because they despised His Word. There's some things God... Well, God does not take any sin lightly. But I'm telling you, if there's something He takes serious, it is the way we treat His Word. Precious gift that He's given to us. So you despise it. You've abandoned it. You've perverted it. You've twisted it. You've changed it. You've denied it. You've abused it. And what I'm getting ready to do to you is specifically because of the way you have reacted to my word. Amen. How has America reacted to God's word? How, do our, how have our school systems how do our school systems treat God's Word nowadays? You can be expelled in some schools for even bringing a Bible to school or quoting Scripture. You can quote the Alibaba Bible all day long, right? You can wear a towel on your head, but don't mention Jesus, brother. You know where we you know that we're in a mess when a major news network, Amen, is going to. Uh, filter and is going to edit the testimony of a winning quarterback on a sports team because he gives glory to Jesus Christ brother you can mention the name of God all you want but you mention the name Jesus you're in danger of being crucified in this country am I telling the truth today so here's the condition here's where I'm getting to today verse 13 so where were they at I believe that we're exactly where we're at right now, today. You say, when's it going to happen? I don't know. I ain't God. I'm not a prophet. Don't believe anybody that says they know when it's going to happen because they don't either. But here's, what, here's where we're at, brother. Verse 13, Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall. Man, do you get, the, do you get the, the, the beauty of the language there? A breach ready to fall. Swelling out in a high wall. It's like, you know to me, it's like a dam that is just bulging and under the pressure of the floodwaters that keep pressing and pushing against it. Kind of like the dike, you put a hole in it, you put your finger in the hole, and another one, bu- another one pops open. Only got so many fingers. And did you know a, le- a levee or a dam or a wall can only hold so much pressure? Right. Now, ultimately, it was another hundred years before the dam burst. Relatively speaking, that's a short period of time. They still had a hundred years. Brother, I don't think we got a hundred years. And you know what? Lost people realize that just as much, if not more, than saved people do. I can understand the lack of urgency in the world. I can't, for the life of me, understand the apathy, the carelessness, the unconcerned, the... Just like the at ease in Zion temperament that has just enveloped the modern day church of America, you would think, and it's not that we don't know it; we do know it. It's like we're ignoring it. <laughs> we walk by it every day that the wall, the dam, it's just bulging a little bit. Well, maybe it'll last another day or two. Well, maybe it will, but one of these days, it's going to burst. Preacher telling the truth today? But that can apply to so many things. That can apply to the church, to a, ch- a local church. You say, preacher, what you got to do? You got to address your problems. You got to admit your problems. You got to recognize them. And you got to confess them and forsake them. That can relate to a family. The pressure building on the wall. Pressure mounting. And you think, well, I mean, it's always stood, so it's always going to stand. Brother, one day, that wall can only take so much pressure. Sooner or later, it's going to break. I'm afraid we've got some wall. Aren't you thankful for the wall? Can I just say this today? First of all, we should be thankful for the walls of protection that God has placed around us. The head, that holy hedge of God's favor that He has placed around our nation because of the faithfulness of our forefathers. Problem is they died off and now there's a, a breach in the wall and nobody's standing in the gap. Kind of reminds me of our southern border, hallelujah. We won't even talk about that. And and the truth is, the walls that our forefathers worked so hard to build and to fortify, to give us so we can have the safety and the security and the luxury and the peace that we have, that we've enjoyed all of our lives, we've neglected it. They built it, we neglected it. And now the floodwaters of sin, the floodwaters of worldliness, the floodwaters of paganism, liberalism, uh, of Satanism, all these things are just pounding against us that wall there's a breach there's a hole in the dike and we just walk by it every day thank you for what you did for me papaw maybe it'll last until i'm dead i got news for you it ain't gonna last i I was talking to some my barber i told you i had a conversation with my barber he he said this and i don't know if he's lost saved or lost he said you know i used to think that my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren would be the ones who see the demise He said, Now I'm afraid me and my children are going to see it. Brother, that may not break your heart now, but when it happens, it sure will. There's going to be some weeping, there's going to be some full churches. They're going to be beating the walls down. It may be too late. Like a levee or a dam getting ready to break or a wall ready to crumble. New Orleans sits below sea level and in some ways resembles a cereal bowl. It's surrounded on every side by water, whether it be the Gulf of Mexico, the Mississippi River, or Lake Pontchartrain, I believe. The city depends on a series of levees to protect it against flooding and to keep water from flowing into and inundating the city. For many years, studies were conducted and warnings were given out concerning what might happen if a strong hurricane directly impacted the city. But yet, the warnings were largely ignored. Specifically, there were concerns about whether or not the levees would be strong enough to hold back the rising floodwaters that would jeopardize the city. Warnings were ignored and everyone just assumed, did you hear me? Everybody just assumed and hoped that the levees would be able to hold back the floodwaters. On August 29, 2005, they were proven wrong when Hurricane Katrina, one of the largest storms to ever affect the Gulf Coast, slammed directly into the city of New Orleans. Over 50 of the levees in the city were breached. 70% of New Orleans was affected in some way by floodwaters. What was the one parish? Anybody remember? Do what? 80% of the houses were inundated. 134,000 housing units were damaged or destroyed. In between 97 and $145 billion worth of damage to the city alone occurred in New Orleans. 455,000 people were displaced and 1,392 people were killed. This is what happens when a dam or a levee that protects a major city is breached by rising floodwaters. You remember that? That's kitty school compared to what's coming in this country. And I'm afraid it's coming soon. An occasion. How's it going to happen? Slowly? Occasionally? Or steadily? No. Verse 13. Whose breaking comes suddenly at an instant when you least expect it to happen. But looking back, you should have known it all alone. You know what the greatest weapon in military warfare is? Surprise. Surprise. Before Pearl Harbor, you study it, whether it be the Brit, there's a lot of people that even theories that that the British government knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen, but they withheld it from the Americans because they needed America to defeat Germany. I don't know, it's a theory. But you know why? Pearl Harbor was such a success for the Japanese and was such, so devastating for us all because of the element of surprise. When we least expected it. It kind of reminds me of what the Bible says about Noah and the flood. Noah had been preaching for 120 years. Is that right? That ark served as a reminder all those years. Every day people would walk by it. Man, that crazy nut! Look what he's doing! But yet, it was a war, It was a warning. It was a. Mer- it was God's mercy, a sign of God's mercy. But yet, they ignored it. They acted like it didn't exist. And the Bible tells me, and I know that Matthew twenty-four is very controversial, and a lot of this has to do with the actual second coming. Verse 37 though, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. We like to view Noah's ark as this this comfy, cozy little children, brother, that's a sign of judgment. It's a word of warning to us of what's going to happen in the future. Annihilation. Verse 14: And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a shred to take fire from the hearth or to take water withal out of the pit. Reminds me of Jeremiah. You know, we talk about the potter's vessel. And I'm thankful that he's able to remold and remake it in another vessel, praise God. But then what did Jeremiah do? God said, take it right in the the, the, the very steps of the, the temple and shatter it right in front of the priest and the leaders of the city. He said, This is what I'm going to do to Israel. Kind of reminds me of the effects of a tsunami or a tidal wave. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the videos from Indonesia. Was it back 2004 or five? And then more recently Japan? Brother, you, you ain't never seen destruction like that which is caused by a major tidal wave. I mean, it just pretty much sweeps the, the whole area clean. More deaths due to a tidal wave. And you know what a a tidal wave usually comes when nobody's expecting it? The effects of an earthquake. And you know that water, they say that just before the tidal wave hits, the only way that people know to prepare for it is they're out there having a good time on the beach and all of a sudden the water starts to recede. And what was once, you know how how that If you go to the beach, you know, you can look out for what seems like miles and miles. And that whole area all of a sudden is dry ground. And people are just amazed. Oh my goodness! I mean, let's go check this out! And they run out onto that seabed, dry seabed. Unbeknownst to them what's lurking just over the horizon. Until suddenly that great giant wall of water comes. And sweeps them away, along with everything lying on its path at the coast. But I can't think of a better picture of what faces us this day that I'm preaching right here in America, and it ought to break our hearts. See, the truth is, we who are saved, we know what's coming. We've read the truth. We know what the Bible says. We know there's a tidal wave getting ready to sweep over the horizon. And we know that there's plenty of uh, 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 innocent, not innocent, but people walking along the beach that have no idea and and the water has receded and oh, they're just enjoying it, living it up. And we're just standing there like, We know it's coming, but we ignore the reality of it. I've said it before, but what will... Do you know what Israel and Judah was known for? By the ancient historians, more than anything, not for her greatness, but for the greatness of her downfall. Could it be that America the greatest civilization that has ever lived on the face of the earth will be known more for the greatness of her downfall than the greatness of her existence. A provision, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Returning, that sounds a lot like repentance to me, doesn't it, you? In other words, there is a remedy. There is an antidote. There is a cure. Amen, the blood, is, the blood of Christ is still sufficient. Amen. The grace of God is still available. The mercy of God. The fact that God has not already swept us off the map, map is enough in itself to... To say, thank you, Jesus, for being so good to us. But yet, rebellion, and you would not. You see it over and over again in the book of Jeremiah. The ultimate reason why God had no other choice but to allow judgment to fall. Punishment is simply because in spite of all the warnings, in spite of all of the things God did, God could have allowed the Assyrians to destroy the city a hundred years prior. But God raised up a man named Hezekiah to stand in the gap. And Isaiah interceded and spared the city uh, and gave them another hundred years to repent. Yet when it was all said and done, Jeremiah had to give those faithful words. All of this I have did, did for you. And you would not. Decision, verse 16. But you said no. Right? But you said no. We will flee upon horses, therefore shall ye flee. And we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. We'll fix it on our own. We don't, thanks, but no thanks, God. We'll fix fix the border crisis. We'll we'll create a new bill or pass a new bill or create a new policy. We're going to bring peace to the Middle East. We're going to, amen, we're going to elect a new president that's going to push a button and fix all of our problems wave a magic wand and everything brother there is no quick fix there is no magical solution the only answer is Jesus Christ the only solution is for us to humble ourselves to confess our sins and to admit it's not God's fault we forsook Him If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. And you would not. all so stand today, Father in heaven. I've done my best, Lord. Don't take pleasure in preaching this. Seems I've I've, I've preached so many. Of these types of messages. Of course, lately I've been preaching on Jesus, hallelujah. And thank God for Jesus. But Lord, the alternative of Jesus is judgment. Hurricane's coming, the levee is bulging. It's swaying and under the heaviness of the weight of all that Satan has thrown against it. Oh God, I am thankful for the levy. I'm thankful for the dam. I'm thankful, Lord, for the wall. that my forefathers built. I'm thankful for the wall that the the martyrs of the faith established for us. They shed their blood. They gave it all. They sacrificed everything so that we could enjoy the pasture that lies inside and within the walls. But Lord, the cold hard truth is we've neglected the walls. We fail to appreciate the levies of freedom. The levies of worship. The levies of the Word of God. The Scriptures. The luxuries, the the levies of technology, the levies of the internet, the levies of electricity and and, uh, central heat and air and all these things. Cable television, all of these things that we enjoy. Automobiles, Lord, the levies are bulging. And it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next year. I don't think so. It may be a hundred years from now. But one way or another, one day the levee is going to break, and there is no return. When that levee breaks, a tidal wave, a tsunami of water is going to be unleashed. And Lord, we know that you said you wouldn't destroy the water the world again by water Lord it will be by fire but Father I'm just saying judgment's coming and Father the reason for it is we're in a deep sleep Lord we should expect it from the world but God's people we're without excuse we know what's coming the Bible clearly tells us what is just around the bend for those who are oblivious to looming destruction. God, I I pray that You'd open our eyes. God, I pray that You would soften our hearts. God, I pray that You would woo us and draw us. But ultimately, Father, the decision (laughs) rests upon our shoulders. Will we or will we not repent? And Father, that will be the deciding factor. Whether it be for our nation, our community, our church, our families, our young people. All of these problems, homelessness, drug addiction, substance abuse. There's a root cause and it's sin. And the only way to fix sin, it must be repented of. Let the people hear what's been said in the church by way of the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If God would have you to come gather around the altar, pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for our nation. Pray for... You say, should I pray for revival? Well, that's okay, but what you need to pray for is Repentance. Because we need repentance more today than we ever have. Would you join me today at the altar? You know, coming to an old-fashioned altar and praying is a good thing, but um, we better not leave our prayer at the altar. We better take it out the door with us. Say, well, I can't fix the world. No, but you can fix yourself. You may not be able to cause America to repent or Greenville or church down the road, but we can take care of ourselves, we'd be heading the right direction. Amen. All minds and hearts clear today before we dismiss. Appreciate your presence. We'll be back again tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. I believe it's been good to be in the Lord's house today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Dad, lead us in prayer.